Hi, I'm your host, Susan Nay. Welcome to the podcast series, HR Inside Out. It's a series designed to help you demystify HR and the human resource processes. We're going to talk about people management and get the goods on and see how all this stuff works. You're going to hear from everyday heroes and get their perspectives as we touch on a wide variety of topics, topics that impact us in our work and in our work environments. You'll find nuggets for your treasure chest of learning. Hopefully you'll discover insights for your personal and your professional growth. I'm glad you're here. I suspect it's because you want to be the very best version of yourself, your personal best, and that you get understanding these systems and processes will help you on your journey, on your path. You ready to dare to soar? Want to join me at flight school? Let's do this. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, welcome to the podcast series, HR Inside Out, Demystifying HR into People Management. I am very fortunate to have as a guest on today's session, Cindy Rogers. Cindy fairly recently retired as the HR manager at the District of North Vancouver. She's currently working as a freelance HR professional and she's faculty at BCIT in their business programs. Welcome, Cindy. Thank you. You and I have similar backgrounds in that we both worked as the HR lead in post-secondary and then in the local government sectors. And although we worked for different organizations, we were both regularly engaged with our colleagues across the Lower Mainland. It was, I think, how we met one another. Mm -hmm. But it, we all really tried to be there for one another. So we didn't have to keep reinventing the proverbial wheel. But it also gave us the opportunity to hear what others were challenged with and the people component of their jobs. And that was really helpful. Similarly, we both got involved in the joint program between CAPU, Capilano University, and the Local Government Management Association, the people, managing people in local government. Through that, we had the opportunity of learning and hearing from students from local governments across the province of British Columbia in the full range of organizational positions and heard again about employee engagement uh, amongst other, lots of other topics of interest. Best of all, <laughs> when we talked, I was thrilled to hear that you had actually assigned a research project to your students on employee engagement. Um, I'm, I know I'm really looking forward to hearing what they came back with, what their insights mm -hmm. are. So thank you for making the time to be here today. I'm gonna to start with a big question. Okay. What to you does it feel mean for you to feel engaged in your work? Well, there is the, the definition that we generally hear about um, people being prepared to give that extra effort and recommend their place of employment to friends and family. Um, but for me, it's really feeling like I'm doing something that's important. And one of my values is around being of service to people and helping others succeed. So for me, it's times when I've felt I've had the opportunity to do my best work and, and to, you know, working with good people and to have fun with what I'm doing and uh, just really feeling that I'm making a difference in the workplace. So the people that you've talked to and worked with through your career, you think that's pretty standard, that that's, that's how most people would describe employee engagement? Uh, I, I think so. I mean, people might have slight variations, but... I mean, most people do want to um, 
enjoy themselves when they come to work and feeling like they're using their skills. And you don't want to come and feel that you're struggling and that mm -hmm. you're trying to be something that you're not. You want to be able to bring your best self, I think, to work. Yeah, actually, that reminds me of the Q Q12 questions. Um, the, I don't, are you familiar with the Gallup Q12? They're often yes. yeah, yeah. the questions that are used in employee surveys. Um, have you ever used a, the Q12 or other types of surveys and sort of sort of assessing yeah. employment, employee engagement? Yeah. Well, a number of years ago, um, when I was at District of North Vancouver, um, we wanted to do an employee engagement survey. And so we actually got a committee of employees together uh, to work on it. And one of the things that we looked at was the, the Q12. And although there's a whole lot of research that Gallup did on these are the 12 questions that will most directly answer that question about how engaged your employees are, uh, it kind of scares people a little bit to only ask those 12 questions. So what we did was we based our survey off of that. And we, I think we went with just over 20 questions, uh, but um, definitely included those ones. Some of them are kind of surprising, like that one about, do you have a best friend mm -hmm. at work or do you have a friend at work? You know, that one at first you look at it and go, well, why is that important? Um, but when I actually thought about it, I thought about times, well, I have friends at work. I have friends that I've known for 40 years that are still friends. Um, you and I have known each other almost 30 years. Mm -hmm. And um, what, I, what really struck me well was the time when I didn't have a best friend at work. And I went to work for an organization where I really didn't feel that I felt fit in. Mm -hmm. um, there was no cooperation. There was no teamwork. I worked there for 18 months and I always say it was a year too long. Wow. Uh, it just, it just, <laughs> yeah, so it obviously was, it's an important one. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is uh, more than we sometimes know that connection, you know, sharing, um, whether it's work and personal sometimes too. Yeah. Um, it's, it's important when you conduct those kinds of surveys that something's done with the results. So I'm assuming and that you, sounds like you were the lead of a team within the organization mm -hmm. that was facilitating that, that once you'd received the, the input that something was done with the results, how would staff have known that their input was being taken seriously? Like how did you let them know that you'd heard what they had to say? Right, um, well, you start off with communicating the results. We did that. Um, one of the things that I remember vividly was we did a number of focus groups following the survey because we wanted to dig a little bit deeper into those questions. And so uh, we were doing a, a focus group and we asked the question, when did you feel the most engaged in your work? And uh, there was an outside worker who made a statement that I will always remember. Um, there had recently been a, a landslide in the district of North Vancouver. Yeah. And um, it, there, a number of people had lost their homes and a woman was killed. And so there was a whole lot of work that our employees had to be involved in. And this uh, outside worker said to me, he said that the best time was in the aftermath of the landslide. And he said that we were all out there, our crews were out there. And he said, we all knew what our job was and what we had to do. And we just got on with it, which is autonomy. Yeah. He said, we knew how important it was. It was the community was involved. It was very important. There's your purpose. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That in, in every, every day, senior management and management were out there and they were cheering us on. Mm. Recognition. Right yes. There. Yeah. And I said, you know, I couldn't have articulated it better myself. 
on what you know the drivers are of engagement. And he said, I couldn't wait to come into work every morning. I just I couldn't wait because it was, you know, it was just, I was so engaged. And I've just, it always struck me that that was so important. And then how do we, our challenge as managers and HR people is how do we make that feeling last? You know, mm -hmm. if it's not just in moments of crisis. Mm -hmm. We need to be able to define and communicate that purpose to people. Mm -hmm. And we have to give people the autonomy to do good work. And we want to make sure that we recognize and show appreciation to them. So, you know, what to, what could we do to kind of build in those practices in the workplace? I love um, the idea of the focus groups and the going deeper, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. sort of getting more details than sort of the employee survey yes. gave you a sense of where you needed to look. Yeah, it, it gives you a number time. and you know which ones you might need to focus on. But the yeah. best person I ever saw at defining purpose in an organization was um, when I worked with James Ridge, you know, James. Yes. He would talk to, you know, groups of employees about the importance of municipal work. And he really inspired people to feel that they weren't just picking up garbage or repairing a road. They were on the front lines of climate change. And we were like climate change warriors who <laughs> were coming mm -hmm. into work mm -hmm. to, to, to make a change in the world. So, you know, he was really great at inspiring um, purpose. And I think, you know, that is leaders jobs, whether you're the head of an organization or a supervisor in a department. Um, you know, we also uh, looked at ways that we could find to uh, build in recognition and appreciation. And uh, again, with another group of employees, we developed a recognition program to make sure that um, there was a formal way of doing that. So that came directly out of the survey as well. Great examples. I, I know in the ones that I've been engaged in, communication is often where an organization needs to do better. And it sounds like what you did at the District of North Vancouver very much touched on really effective communication to the employees. Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever been involved in a similar type survey that HR facilitated or was involved in where people didn't feel that the input or the initiative was uh, paid attention to, that they, yeah, that nothing, yeah. nothing had happened? <laughs> well, I mean, even with that exact survey, um, it was the initiative of James Ridge, the, the CAO at the time, and he was very, very committed to making changes following, you know, the information that came out. Um, but, you know, in the time that it takes to plan and develop and give, do the survey and publish the results, by the time the results were being published, he had moved on from the organization. And so we had another C, CAO. And, you know, it wasn't his initiative and he wasn't quite as committed to it. So we had a year where we got a few things done but then the steam was really running out and uh, I kept feeling like I kept trying to, you know, raise the conversation and keep it top of mind and keep some momentum going. But uh, finally, at one point, I went to the uh, CEO and said, I feel like I'm beating my head against the wall. And he said, you are. Mm. <laughs> and I said, OK, I'm going to stop now. <laughs> and <laughs> and he, he said, yep. Okay, you can stop. So, you know, unfortunately, uh, I think we did make some good changes. I think more could have come about. I think we could have, um, you know, it is hard to keep that momentum going. It really is. Mm -hmm. But uh, it would have been nice to, to keep it going a bit longer. So. Great examples. Thank you. 
other things that you might have seen as an HR professional in perhaps other organizations where uh, you've seen organizations do things really effectively to boost employee um, engagement, uh, maybe first by team leaders and then as individuals? Um, well, I've seen team leaders that came into really difficult situations and uh, made a real effort to make sure that everyone felt heard, um, but also had to, to let people uh, put down their weapons, you know, sometimes, because mm -hmm. sometimes mm -hmm. there's so much conflict going on and had to say to people, okay, okay, that conflict occurred, it's in the past, how are we going to move forward? and doing some kind of ceremony that helped them say, this is a new day, we're a new team, um, you know, what can we do to, to bring ourselves together? Getting people's ideas, you know, hmm. um, because it's, you, what I found definitely is you can't take what you did in one organization and take it to another one and expect the same results. That Good doesn't point. work. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah cultures, cultures will be very different. Yeah, and you need to listen to the people um, that are there that, that, you know, ask them, you know, get them involved. So. Yeah. Just honoring the history mm -hmm. and that curiosity. Yes. Yeah. Just yeah, being absolutely. curious. What about as in, uh, the, I guess that was a, uh, both a team leader and an individual. Have you ever watched anything that uh, just a, a member, not just a member, but a member of a team, a member of a department, you could just see their, the things that they did were, boosting the rest of the team's engagement. Uh, any examples? Um, it's hard to think of offhand. Um, Susan, I'm at a loss with this one okay. right now. I just, I just think, <laughs> I think, I think back to my years of working at BCIT and then we had one lady in the office and she was just perpetually happy. She yes, just, she had a yes. bubbly personality that could lift anyone's spirits. And I just yes. remember watching how, and she wasn't in any particular, initially anyway, she did rise in, into different positions in the organization, but what a, what a, a lovely impact that yeah, her, her that, personality had. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we had, a, we had a, um, an HR assistant who was, was not an older person, she was a younger person, but she was very motherly and very maternal. And I think every employee that came in there to the HR department, sometimes they come in because there's issues and you know they, they have some concern or fear, but everyone who came into the office, she could make them feel comfortable and loved and probably gave out more hugs than anybody back in the day. We were left to hug. Yeah, so we would. So who just, um, yeah, who just made everybody feel special mm. that came into the office and, and made them feel comfortable, even if it was maybe an uncomfortable situation for them. Yeah, yeah, no, that's wonderful, thank you. I'm gonna keep following through on the theme of individuals. Although there's a lot that an organization can do to help ensure engaged employees, I personally believe that we each also have a responsibility to take what we can into our own hands. As an example, if you're not receiving feedback, uh, on your progress, which is one of the Q12 questions, to actually ask for this, to not completely depend on the organization for all of your career growth and training, to, to take some personal responsibility, those kinds of things. What are your thoughts on the personal component of, of keeping engaged in our organizations? Oh, absolutely, absolutely agree. Um, and that personal aspect, it, 
it is what we bring to the position as well too. Um, I just recently read an article when my students um, had research and it was about how much engagement is a reflection of our individual original personality. And I'm sure that you've seen two people in a department, same department, same manager, same culture with vastly different engagement levels. So, you know, we've traditionally looked at external drivers of engagement, like the job, leadership, culture, but so mm -hmm. much depends on what the employee themselves is bringing to the work. And there was a recent study of 45,000 participants worldwide that determined that almost 50% of the variability in engagement was related to these personal traits, like productivity, um, proactivity, conscientiousness, optimism, uh, even extroversion. So, you know, do we hire for those traits? We try to hire people that, that bring that energy into the mm -hmm. workplace. But I think also on a personal level, it means cultivating those traits. You know, how yep. can I bring that positive outlook to the workplace? Mm -hmm. You know, how can I uh, have gratitude for what I have in my work? Um, and also asking for what I need from work. Mm -hmm. You know, asking it from my colleagues or from my manager. Like you said, asking for feedback, asking for development opportunities. Um, and it also means really looking closely at yourself. You know, if you're not feeling engaged and saying, why isn't this exciting me anymore? Um, yeah. Assuming that it once was, you know, what do I need to change? Oops, sorry. Um, what do I need to change? Do I need to change something about myself and, and how I'm approaching the work? Or do I need to change, change the situation? And, um, you know, maybe sometimes it, we reach the point where it is about the situation and we need to look for, for something else. Perhaps too, if you're in the position where you're a team lead or you're overseeing people to be observant of somebody who is starting to not appear as engaged as they perhaps were at some point and to be curious about that, you know, is yeah, perhaps another that, thing that we can do. conversation. Um, you know, people often appreciate it when somebody says, hey, I've noticed that mm -hmm. you're not, you know, quite as engaged, you're not quite as enjoying the work. Yeah, what yeah. can we do? Good examples, mm -hmm. thank you. You have been working with your students on this mm -hmm. topic. And uh, I know I'm curious to learn the insights that they've brought back to you um, and their experiences with this particular assignment. Could you share a little bit more there? Sure, well, uh, in their textbook, it covers engagement. And one of the, the notes it has is about a recent Japanese research study that has shown that people get as excited about receiving a compliment as they do about receiving a cash reward, that it actually activates the same reward centers in the brain. So when I was teaching in person, when we were in, when we were in person, mm -hmm. um, I would bring in a stack of thank you cards from the dollar store, and I would have them in class write a detailed note of appreciation for a colleague, a coworker, or even their manager. And then their um, assignment was to deliver it and then to give me a, a written description of what had happened, what the reaction was. And students came back with the most amazing stories mm -hmm. um, of, of people crying, their supervisor or their coworker crying. Um, you know, they give the, the thank you note to the cleaning lady who'd never had anybody say thank you and, um, you know, improve morale all the way around. I had one student who even wrote um, an email to the Dean of BCIT 
to tell them about what we've done in class and said that this exercise was not just changing students, it was changing workplaces for the better. So wow, wow. It was a, a really interesting visual way for them to see um, you know, the power, the real power of, of appreciation and gratitude. And I mean, we know that gratitude is really powerful. We're mm -hmm. generally mm -hmm. aware of the personal benefits of feeling yeah. gratitude. But it, you know, there's physical benefits as well. As well, it reduces the symptoms of stress, and organizations can benefit as well um, in productivity love, and in culture. Wow, I love the creativity. Yeah, and and yeah. just that that act that concrete evidence that they'll take away for the rest of their lives yeah. through that exercise. My, That's cool. One of my students just this term. Um, brought me in some research that was about um, gratitude in the organizations. And there's actually a really significant relationship between gratitude and job satisfaction. Um, it actually broadens how we think and makes us more creative and flexible. So very long-term benefits. Mm -hmm. Like the Japanese study, um, other studies have shown that if you write gratitude letters to your employees, you know, appreciation letters, it actually produces measurable brain changes that have lasted for months. And it, it is the social glue that mm -hmm. connects us together. So, um, you know, it, it can, it can uh, really up that employee engagement level and productivity levels that we're looking for. Have, have, any, have any of the students shared with you through the assignment any disconnect between what they're learning about um, employee engagement and what their personal work experiences have been, you know, in the organizations that they're currently working in? I, I think mostly that they wish that um, all people had the opportunity to learn more about this, especially those that move into management and supervision, that, um, that oftentimes in their organizations, uh, they don't get the recognition that they wish they had, um, that people you know, are treated as disposable, especially for students. They're often in positions where they're working for, um, you know, mass retailers or um, the food industry where people mm -hmm. are more disposable. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you can get people that are really willing to make changes. Um, one of my students was um, a manager for a, a large construction company. And he has really excellent instincts about working uh, for leadership. And he was telling me that he was doing monthly uh, sit downs with each of his uh, direct reports. And he would always try to have something positive to say about what they've done. It wasn't just a, you know, what mistakes have you been made? Mm -hmm. Where do you need to improve talks? It was really, these are your strengths. How can we work on them? And he said that um, the longer service managers or the, the ones that were rather old school would say, well, why, why are you saying that? You know, they're getting, they're getting paid. They're here. Why do we need to um, appreciate them? And he said, well, because, you know, I liked it when it was done to me and I think we need to change mm -hmm. the culture. And he's, he's got a bit of an uphill battle for now, but, you know, I've told him that he's on the front lines, you know, he mm -hmm. can lead the way and the ones coming behind him will have a different kind of model. So. I think it's really important is that, leadership, that encouragement, that even if the culture is not necessarily supportive of what you're doing, to do it anyways. 
Absolutely. Because what you're doing is you're creating the culture of where people are going to come, want to come and work for you. And you're yeah. then modeling to everybody who you're uh, overseeing the kinds of behaviors, the kinds of, of work, work um, practices that will help you retain and attract good people to come and work with you. Absolutely. He just shared a story where um, one of his employees came to him and said he'd been offered a job with a competitor for more money, but he didn't want to leave. And so uh, the student was able to, he said he couldn't match the money, but he could get him a car allowance and just really told him how valuable he was and he'd really like him to stay. So the person stayed. So, And, and even when, when people have to leave, what happens is they take the reputation of what it was like to work in that kind of environment with them and talk to their friends and colleagues. And so it really does benefit, you know, benefit the organization. Oh, absolutely. So even, even if the individual um, does choose to leave because, you know, the, their, their particular circumstances. Yeah. Any, any you, never, you never know when you might see them again. I've, I've told oh. people again. <laughs> yeah. Or the, that uh, those people could be your boss at some point. You That's just never, never know where life's journey is going to take you. Other uh, other insights from the students' research? Um, that covers most of it. That, um, yeah, that pretty probably. And what about it. you personally? Any other last thoughts on employee engagement before we close? Well, you know, you d- you did have this personal note, and I, I think that is important for us to each think about. Um, Think about our own engagement and you know life is too short to you know be doing something that you don't enjoy or you you don't feel connected to so you know my final thoughts would be you know think about your own purpose and, and what you want to do and what you want to contribute and and how you can find that peak engagement for yourself and uh, i think yeah. that's important to me use the example of your boss changing and the things that excited you no longer being available to you. And, you know, in your example, you were able to move on from it, but sometimes you can't, right? The, the mm-hmm. change in, in the boss that you have is quite significant and perhaps not the same value alignment or, or you know, interest alignment and people have choice. And I think that's yeah. really, you know, hopefully our employ- our organizations can keep us engaged, but it sometimes comes a point that we have to move on. We have to go find another organization that's a better fit for us because especially small organizations aren't going to always be everything to everybody um, as we progress through our careers. But it's sure nice while we're there to be enjoying what we're doing. Yes, it is. Yeah. And it's difficult, you know, in today's environment where maybe people feel a bit less secure around their employment, but you know, you can make yourself valuable and you, know, you can, you can make it so that you have options and uh, whether they are within your organization or without. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your oh. own personal insights and, and for the students and the contribution that they've made to today's podcast. I've certainly loved learning about employment engagement from your perspective and I know that it's been useful for the listener um, thank you for making the time to to be here today 
for the listener. Well, thank you for thank you for inviting me, Susan. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. It's it's always fun, isn't it? it if is. you're interested, if you're interested in connecting with Cindy, uh, she can be reached at Cindy underscore Rogers six zero four at hotmail.com or on her LinkedIn profile. And I didn't. That's in the show notes for the podcast. I don't actually have it to to read out right now. Um, actually, all of our contact information is on the podcast description on your favorite podcast platform. We sure hope that you found today's session interesting and fun to listen to, and hopefully you got some nuggets of learning. If you have, please consider signing up for the podcast series, HR Inside Out, Demystifying HR and People Management, again, on your favorite social media platform. And hey, it'd be great if you'd leave a review so that others might benefit from, from the learning. I'm going to be back again next week with another interesting guest as we continue to explore the topic of employee engagement and why it's important to your happiness and to your organization's success. I hope you'll join me again as you guessed it. You dare to soar. It's time for us to fly. Susan and Cindy signing out. Hope to see you next week. Thank you again for being here and for listening to us. Bye for now. Well, we've reached our destination for today. Time to lower those wheels and prepare for landing. Thank you for joining me. If I said something that resonated with you, please subscribe to the podcast and to share it with others. It would be awesome if you also took the time to provide a review, whatever your favorite social media sites are. If you have a question or an area that you hope I'll cover in a future session, please send me a note either to my website, www.effectingchangefromwithin.com or to my email, susangenay at gmail.com. I look forward to our next time together. In the meantime, soar high. I believe you can. Susan signing off. Thanks again for joining me.